You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello, and welcome to episode 134 of the Ghoul Friends podcast. I'm Celeste. (laughs) And I'm Caitlin. I I can't believe I just said those words. It's been almost a year. We just looked it up. Yep. We've been hibernating. We have, apparently. (laughs) Um... You said we should quote Pretty Little Liars in this and be like, we're, we're back, bitches. And we, <laughs> we know, know everything. G. <laughs> Except German. <laughs> we don't know German. <laughs> no, we don't. It's it's weird sitting here again. Like, I feel like... I got a little nervous. A, a little out of practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not used to recording anymore, so it just feels like weird. I'm looking at the computer. I'm like... I had to like remind myself how to do the settings <laughs> to like get this going. So if the sound quality is not like stellar, we're sorry. <laughs> we're back to learning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a new weird. computer too because we haven't. Yeah, this is a new Mac, so it's on, a little different on this Mac. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, y'all. As usual, be patient because we're figuring this shit out as we go. <laughs> Nothing has changed in that sense. No. But yeah, it's but weird. a lot has changed since we've been. A lot talking. has changed. So. Maybe it's a good idea, I was thinking, to start this off by getting an email. Hello. (laughs) Vivid seats. (laughs) Um, By maybe talking about maybe why we needed to take a hiatus or like what's been going on. I feel like a lot of this is probably going to be like a recap of our life for the past year. (laughs) It really is. We do have some spooky content to, you know, finish it off. But I do feel like we owe an explanation. That's fair. So, I I mean, I would say that... We're still in Germany. We're still in Germany, by the way. We've not moved. We're still in the same place. Shocking. I know. For us, it's very shocking. Um, You know, we obviously had just gotten to Germany kind of when we took our break last year. And I think, you know, there was just a ton going on. One, that we just moved to a foreign country that we don't speak necessarily the language in. Um, And that in itself comes with a lot of, like, difficulties and hurdles. It's true. You know, obviously you're working full time. You were in school. Yep. Um, we were just learning like a whole new like life. I feel mm-hmm. like it's just a completely different life here right. that we've never, ever even come close to experience. Well, you did when you lived in Spain, but sure you spoke the language. So I think yeah. that's been like a big hurdle. And I feel like it was just, it was very overwhelming. And obviously we don't make money doing the podcast. No. <laughs> um, and I would say mental health, definitely. You know, yeah. It just kind of felt like it was something we had to do, not something that we, at least for me, was mm-hmm. something like I had to do, not necessarily in the moment wanting to do. So I feel like it was a nice break, but I definitely, in the past, I would say a couple months, we've been talking about it a little bit, and I felt like I actually kind of missed that. Like mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. And I talked to a lot of ghouls, mm-hmm. like semi-regularly or someone yeah, reach out yeah. and I'm like I forgot that we've made like a lot of friends through the podcast yeah so I miss that I would agree I miss the spooky content mm-hmm. and especially now we have traveled yes all around Europe mm-hmm. and saw some cool spooky mm-hmm. fun stuff yeah absolutely um so I think yeah we're ready to get back in and yeah talking I agree yeah I know y'all missed us talking here yourself (laughs) so buckle back up but no I agree I think you know the thing that I've realized now having lived here for I mean we've been here over a year now is that um you know things that are just normally simple 
are not simple when you live in a, another country. Um, like it could be as easy as going to the grocery store. Um, it took us a long time to get to the car wash, <laughs> to go through a car wash. Like there are so many things that you just don't think about that are incredibly overwhelming when you're having to do them in a completely different place yeah. and you speak a low level of the language. Um, you know, I'm proud to say we speak a lot more German than we did a year ago. Oh, for sure. We have been doing Duolingo mm-hmm. for You've been quite a while. I'm in like 500 days yeah. now. Yeah, so That's you have wild. like your Duolingo streak. If you do Duolingo, mm-hmm. you know, you can't lose your streak. That stupid fucking bird. Best, no, Lily. Lily's a bitch. <laughs> she is too, yeah. Um, but we have you practice every single day, even if it's for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And definitely yeah. know a lot. Um, we found like a grocery delivery, which uh, is all in obviously German. German. <laughs> so I've learned because I do most of like the, the ordering yeah. stuff. Um, I know a lot of food. Like yeah, I, know, I mean, yeah. Like I could read a menu pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like in that sense, the language has gotten a lot better. All of my, you know, Amazon drivers now know that I don't speak German. They know us really, really well. <laughs> so yeah. they do their best. I feel like instead of just hitting them with like in German, like, do you speak English? Mm-hmm. Any American that lives here, the Sprechensee English. <laughs> um, I just, I think we found it's a lot more, um, people are a lot gentler and kinder if you say like my German isn't very good mm-hmm. to them in German yeah for the most part they'll try to at least speak that's some fair. English and it's not a lie because my German really isn't it's that not good <laughs> it's not but um you get really good at charades and pointing and mm-hmm. I mean it's gotten a lot easier for it, sure it has and I think we've just gotten a lot more used to it um I think the other thing is once you just realize that you will stand out no matter what. no matter where you are. Like they can sniff the American <laughs> yeah. coming a mile off. Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, it, it gets a lot easier because you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to learn, mm-hmm. and for the most part, you know, I think a lot of that is our own self sabotage because oh, for sure, uh, for the most part, I would say everyone we've met here has been incredibly lovely mm-hmm. and accommodating and helpful. Um, a lot of people do speak English, so that does help. Um, yeah. You know, kind of depends on where you are, but. You know, I have felt very embraced and, you know, like supported by the people here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think we both agree that we really love living here in Germany. I would absolutely agree. Um, You know, it's our long-term plan to to stay if we can. Yep. Um, But yeah, it's a a lot to learn. It's a lot to to deal with. Well, I feel like too, kind of when we stopped recording and kind of focusing on the... um, podcast we were it was like survival mode I think and I feel like I'm just getting out of the survival mode because like I can go to the grocery store I can go to the car wash I Mm -hmm. can you know get things delivered I can you know we've had people kind of in of our in like in and out of the house doing things sweet sweet update from last summer oh my god Um, we had said obviously in Europe um, air conditioning is not really a thing well central air is not Mm -hmm. really a thing you can get like these the little units window units that we had one in our bedroom last year yeah and for you know for the summer because sleeping when it's 100 degrees out is just awful yeah Um, our apartment our landlord is just Phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. a super nice guy. Doesn't think he speaks good English. Speaks perfect English. Perfect yeah. English. Um, put Central Air or like Europe's equivalent to Central. Think of like a like a hotel hotel air conditioner. air conditioner. So there's one in our like living room and one in our bedroom. But it literally cools our entire house. And it is 100 degrees out today. And we're sitting here in like sweatshirts. sweatshirts. <laughs> 
So that has been fabulous. I agree. And our ghoul friend Leanne asked if it got hot in Germany, and girl, the answer is hell yes, it does. It does. Uh, it's not as bad as the South, though. I think living in South Carolina, it's not as humid. Where it's it will hum- It's not humid, and it's um, it's like a couple days. Like there's a couple hundred degree days this week, mm-hmm. and then it literally goes down to like the 80s for a couple days. So it kind of like does the like yeah. up and down kind of deal. It um, does, which was really nice. With no AC, because you're like, okay, there's an end in sight. But now it's just like, we're comfortable. Yeah. So much. The cats are so much happier. Yes. Also, the cats are all, they're doing well. Yes. They are, we Mishka and Kitty both are, are still kicking. They are. They are. Mishka is still very diabetic. <laughs> still diabetic. Um, but still kicking. Everyone's good. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we've, I was sad that we had to, you know, take a break, but I think ultimately it was the, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, I have been obviously, as everyone knows, uh, been doing classes for mm-hmm. my doctorate and took a particularly like awful one, uh, class that was like very, very challenging, very stressful. Um, didn't I, stress out everybody in the house at all. No, not everyone at was all. having a good time. Yeah, it was a great, great <laughs> eight weeks. Um, no, basically found out that like my dissertation advisors previous to the one I have now basically had kind of, um, not really done their job and let a lot of things in my dissertation go without like saying, Hey, kind of steered just, you in the wrong direction and didn't correct things that needed to be they corrected. Did. So I ended up taking a course and, um, basically having to get an extension because I had to rewrite almost all of my first chapter of my dissertation. So it was a lot of fun, uh, yeah. but it got done. I passed. All was well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just been a lot going on. But I, I miss it, too. You know, I look at our Instagram, and I'm like... Even when the sky I comes cold. And, you know, we have met a lot of people through the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I put up a TikTok on our Instagram story the other day, and I got, like, a couple messages saying, like, are you guys coming back? Like, does this mean you're back? And I'm like, <laughs> I think we're going to be back. I don't want to, like, promise that right now. Yeah. But... We, we are going to try to be back. It may be different than it was before. I don't think we're going to stick to the, like, an episode every week. I think we're going to try to do try to do every week, but it may be a, every other week or maybe every once in a while, once a month, you know, for traveling mm-hmm. or, you know, doing stuff. I know we have some trips planned, yeah. and if it's a rough school, you know, course or whatever, I think we're just going to come into it as, like, very... Um, not structured in a weekly, yeah. like every Monday, you know, there's going to be one. We're going to kind of, mm-hmm. I feel like we were like that before. <laughs> We'd be like, I don't feel like recording this week and <laughs> skip, but I think for the, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other thing we talked about maybe doing differently is, um, you know, we love listener stories. We love that y'all send them in. Mm-hmm. Um, we think we may move to maybe trying to do those as they come in. So mm-hmm. if you do send in a listener story, um, you know, we're going to try to read it in a, in a nearby episode. So yeah. that way it's not like we're having to compile them all for mm-hmm. one. Um, but we can share your stories as they come in. Yeah, so um, if y'all like that format or if you think there's another way we could do it, let us know. We're open to suggestions. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that is like our life in a nutshell <laughs> for the past year. Our life is a nutshell. Just one big fat nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, it sure is. I'm trying to think if there's any other big life updates. I don't think so. Your parents have come over twice. Twice now, yep. They um, did. I've had a friend come over. Yep. And 
I guess our next trip is planned for September. We're going to go back to the States mm-hmm. for a week. We're going to go to Maine to see my family. Yep. Um, and then December. <laughs> December, your parents are coming back um, to do our... We did a river cruise a mm-hmm. few weeks ago, um, which is the topic of this yeah, episode, actually. what inspired today, yeah. Um, we're going to do a German Christmas market cruise mm-hmm. in December. And for those that maybe do you want to explain what a Christmas market is for... The Americans. Um, they're amazing. <laughs> they're <laughs> um, awesome. So, more specifically, I think they're to, like, Germany. But I know there's some in, like, Austria mm-hmm. and, you know... Kind of around. Neighboring countries. Um, but the bigger cities in Germany have Christmas markets. So, each city kind of has, like, its own, like, little city center, I guess. And basically, they turn it into, like, an absolute, like, Christmas Wonderland. extravaganza. Yeah. Um, and each city has its own, like, theme mm-hmm. of, like, some are gingerbread houses, some are trains, some are trees, and there's just food and alcohol and lots of loud, rowdy Germans, and... Everyone's just, like, having a good time. It's, like, it's all just fun. It is. There's uh, The food is amazing. The drinks are amazing. There's crafts, like, you can buy things. Yeah, lots of little vendors. we got a yeah. whole, whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's um, a great place to get gifts. We live, like, literally a five-minute bus ride mm-hmm. to, like, like, our city center. Yeah. And I remember we got a whole bunch of just, like, handmade, like, trivets, you know, mm-hmm. like, with your hot pots and pans on. Like, they're, yeah. like, cute stuff. I know we got a lot of, like, Christmas gifts there. Yeah. Um, so this Christmas cruise we're going on basically takes us down the Rhine River mm-hmm. and stops at a bunch of different... Um, Christmas markets. Yeah. And the fun part is the last one is in our city. So we literally get to, everyone gets to get on a flight and go home and we get to take a 20 minute taxi ride <laughs> back to our house. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. We don't need a, a plane. All we need is a train. It was, it was weird. Uh, this go round. So we went on a river cruise in May mm-hmm. with my parents and, um, it started in Budapest, Hungary. Yep. Ended in Bucharest, Romania. Yep. Um, it, the strangest part for me was that, you know, we obviously flew, um, we live, obviously we live near Frankfurt for reference. Mm-hmm. Um, we flew from Frankfurt to Budapest. It's like an hour and a half flight. Yep. And I, I don't think there was a time zone change. Like, it was very Mm-mm. easy. And my parents arrived looking like they had got run over by a truck because <laughs> they were so jet-lagged. And I was like, you know what? That's a really nice perk that we don't have to do that anymore. It's true. We were definitely on the time zone. And mm-hmm. I think the time only changed once while we were on by like the an ship. Hour but it was an something. hour. Yeah. yeah. And then we just got on. We ended in Bucharest, yes. Romania. And it was another, like, hour. No, I think it was a little longer. Two hours. I, I think, think so, Two, yeah. two and a half hours. Which was super quick anyway, but Mm -hmm. back to Frankfurt. And then your parents had to go back (laughs) to the States. So they were all over the place. And um, that's the the perk of living over here, I guess, is... Travel is a lot easier. Yeah. We saw some really cool places. So we went to Hungary. We we went to Serbia. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously, Romania, Mm -hmm. Bulgaria. And Croatia. And Croatia. Yeah. Um, So we saw some really... Cool really thing. cool places. So my topic takes place in uh, Romania, mm-hmm. and yours is Hungary. 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 Yeah, it is. Um, we also really here's just a fun travel tip if you want to travel. We loved Buda. It's actually Budapest, mm-hmm. Hungary. Yep. Um, there's a Buda and a Pest side, mm-hmm. and I did not know that, but um, that's definitely on our list of travels to go back to. Oh that yeah, was, that was really really cool. 
yeah, we liked um, Budapest a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say too, like for for folks, obviously we, we speak a little German. We do not speak Hungarian nope. um, at all. Uh, you know, there's lots in English. Um, a lot of places took card, like yeah. which I know in Europe can be kind of hit or miss. Mm-hmm. So I would say from like an American's point of view, it's a very friendly city to travel. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any trouble getting around. It's beautiful, like site-wise, like absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, highly recommend if you're looking for somewhere kind of that's not Paris or London or kind of something different. Yeah. yeah. I highly recommend Budapest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see before we, I guess, I guess maybe wrap up our life update. Yeah. <laughs> what is something, what are maybe one or two things that you like about living here in Germany? And then what are one or two things that you miss about being home? Ooh, loaded question. Yeah. Um, what do I love about living in Germany? There, it's endless, I would say. I really, really love Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the, um, I don't know, learning a whole new world, like a whole new, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's my text. Um, <laughs> that was doing. I was that, telling you to do your shit. <laughs> um, no, I would say just like, like learning that like, it's not all no, like what we do back home. Isn't the only way to live mm-hmm. and like being able to live somewhere else and kind of learn like, mm-hmm. wow, that's totally different, but it's totally like, that makes sense. Like you sure. can't idle your car for more than three minutes here. Like a German mm-hmm. will come and knock on your window and tell you to like shut your car off. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of things like that, I think make a big difference. And I just kind of like that way of life. Mm-hmm. They're very much like our tiny little fridge. I hated it at first, but it kind of forces you to go to like the store and get like fresh mm-hmm. food like every day or every other day. Sure. So, yeah. Like your strawberries only last like, maybe a day, but... So you're not going to Costco and getting, like, a vat of strawberries because you're not going to have anywhere to We're not going to have them. To, yeah, and, like, why not get ones that are, like, super fresh mm-hmm. and are going to rot in a day because... They're super fresh. They're, well, they're super fresh, but they're not, like, sprayed with... Pesticide or... Like, just crap that saves it for, you know... Mm-hmm. Your bread isn't going to last two weeks without... No. Mold. No. But that's fair. That's a good, those are good ones. So I think that's like kind of what I love about it is like being able to experience a whole like different part of the world. It's a new culture. A, it's a yeah. way of different way of living. Like you said. Absolutely. Um, what do I miss? Parking lots. <laughs> uh, yes. There are no parking lots in Germany. Parking is a, a sensitive subject in this house because we both have anxiety. Yeah. And so not knowing the parking situation really is a little bit stressful. Um, Though I have to interject because... It is stressful. However, Caitlin has become a stone cold fucking parallel parker. Like this bitch can slide right in. Like sixteen year old you taking your driving test would be fucking like so astounded. proud. Yeah, I I it's have pretty to, impressive. <laughs> I don't give myself enough credit in that department, but they're like it took a while to practice. Like, mm-hmm. but the like where we park sometimes like, you, you we have, have to. to parallel park, or you're gonna have to walk forever. And I must say, I can usually do it on, like, the first try. You can. You're really good. And I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a... That is a newfound skill. It is. It's unleashed a new Mm -hmm. skill that is absolutely necessary. It's true. I could have parked in downtown Charleston so well. I know. Like, we we go back to Charleston, you're going to be ready. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I miss parking lots, I guess. Um, 
I miss mm, probably like the food here is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hate to bring it to food, but I miss like just like a taco boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, like just places that we've, um, hopefully that didn't stop okay. it. Okay. <laughs> New computer, sorry. <laughs> um, I guess going to places, like sitting down and eating at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and obviously people speaking English. I miss, I miss a lot of like things like that. Like, sorry, I'm saying like way too much. You don't realize how much you do it until you record yourself and then you're just like, <laughs> um, but like <laughs> going out to a restaurant and ordering food and it not being like an ordeal, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I'm going to stop now. Okay. Fair enough. You next. So things I like about living in Germany. Um, I would say number one is the public transport system is phenomenal in Germany. Yeah, it really is. For example, I, got my hair done this morning, which shows me how far I have come because I was terrified to go get my hair done. I know that sounds so stupid, but the language barrier can really be an issue if you're not prepared. Thankfully, there's a lot of Americans around us and everyone has a suggestion on where to go. So this place was recommended. I love them. They're great. Mm -hmm. They speak awesome English. Um, But the easiest way to get downtown is to take the bus. So like this morning, I took two buses and it was very easy It took some figuring out. I remember being utterly terrified to take the bus for the first time. But once you figure it out, it's really efficient. It's cheap. And it gets you everywhere you want to go and you don't have to drive. Yeah. So I I love that that's accessible. The train is the exact same way. Like, the train can take you pretty much anywhere in Germany. Or anywhere. We went and took the train for my birthday and went to Paris. We did. Um, And then I booked the sketchiest Airbnb on earth and we almost died in Paris. (laughs) Yes, we did. <laughs> um, don't worry. We, we I, survived. We, we did survive, um, but we both kind of walked in, and it was not... It didn't really look as it was advertised. We talk all the time about a gut feeling. And we both had a bad mm-hmm. gut feeling, so we just walked out. We didn't get our money back, but uh, we found a hotel actually right next to the Eiffel Tower, so oh. it actually worked out really well. We could literally see the Eiffel Tower from our, our hotel room. room. It was yeah. awesome. And it sparkles after, I think it, it was does. 8 o'clock at night yeah. on, like, the hour yep. for so a few minutes. So that was really cool to watch. I know we like, stayed up and watched that every night. No, we got to see that. So, yeah, I mean, the train can take you all over Europe. Yeah. It's a really cool kind of part of living here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say things that I miss about the U.S. are probably, I would say, the comfort of just knowing that you're going to hear English everywhere. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to be, you know, prepared when you're going out to do things here that there's probably going to be a language barrier. Now we have gotten so much farther than we had a year ago. Yeah. So we're learning that will get easier. The more German we learn and the more we practice, that yeah. will get less scary. Um, the other one, and again, I'll take it to food too, because that's just <laughs> who we are. Um, breakfast. Oh. I miss American breakfast because Germans and I'm not trying to generalize, so I, I don't know how it, what everyone eats for breakfast around here, but it does not seem, it's not the same as what we would, like, consider. There's, no, there's definitely no, like, breakfast place. You can find, like, a bakery. Now, the bakeries are phenomenal. Bakeries are bakeries. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely, like, like top-notch, yeah, top-notch stuff at a bakery. Then you can get any sandwiches, pretzels, pretzels, cookies, cakes, bread, any oh, type of bread. Awesome, yeah. But, yeah, breakfast is not a thing. There's a lot of, like, hard cheese. 
mm-hmm. and hard meat. So like think a hunk of Parmesan cheese and a piece of salami. It, yeah, it's a lot of cold cuts, a lot of cheese, um, a lot of like salmon. A lot of fish. Fish for breakfast, which we're not mm-hmm. really either of us. We don't like fish. fish. Yeah. So it's different. Um, I miss like an IHOP. Ah, uh, yeah. A dirty IHOP. I would like, even go breakfast. to the awful waffle sober. I would, too, I would at go this to point. a sober I waffle Desperate house. times call for desperate <laughs> measures. So I want you, dear American listeners, to, to do something for me. And I want you to go to your local awful, um, waffle. awful waffle or IHOP establishment. And I want you to sit down with your Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity. <laughs> Breakfast combo, and I want you to take a bite. I want you to say this is first lust in Caitlin. <laughs> You're pretty tooty, fresh and fruity. That's the only one I can think of. And then you can send it to us, and then we'll cry. <laughs> the first thing, as soon as like the tires touch down in Maine, I will be... It, There's a Cracker Barrel right next to the airport, so we're going to Cracker Barrel. I have never planned an entire trip around food before. <laughs> Except this one. Like, I have a list of places we have to eat. I will be spending some time in the Portland, Maine Target. Oh, yeah. And I will be shipping a box home to our house. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. All right. No. I know. I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) My cheesecake pancakes. Remember that's what I would get? Yeah. I get my cheesecake pancakes. Oh, and fountain soda. If you get a crisp. Uh, Like a McDonald's McDonald's diet. diet. Oh, the best or McDonald's like so obviously there are McDonald's here um yeah. and they, they are quite good but they don't really do breakfast like you're not going to get an egg McMuffin no which mm-hmm. makes me so so sad on the inside because yeah. I, I love a good Mc, egg McMuffin I do too all right I think we've rambled way too okay, much sorry okay it's been a year it's been a <laughs> <laughs> um to wrap it up with the catching up um we're very happy we like it here the we cats miss, are happy we miss y'all we did. I, um, it, I feel much more comfortable now than I was at the beginning. I was feeling a little anxious and nervous. A little weird, yeah. But it takes a little getting used to it again. It's weird, yeah. But, you know, it's always just like you and I talking, so that makes it yeah. what we do all day, every day. It's pretty pretty true. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you want to recap the theme for this? Sure. Um, so we had talked about going on that river cruise yep. um, through, it was down the Danube mm-hmm. River. Um, so we did see a lot of stuff. Yeah. It wasn't it was just a cruise full of like sixty five plus people. Um we were the youngest by like decades. <laughs> easily. And we're in our thirties. E- <laughs> easily. Um so I mean obviously they're not gonna focus on like haunted spooky stuff. Now if there's a haunted spooky river tour dang cool friends, we doing a trip. We, we all are. get on the boat. <laughs> Everybody's coming. Get your asses <laughs> over here. We're all going. Yes. Um so I guess we kind of just thought, like, let's pick a place that we went yeah, and sure. see if there's something. Um, I, You had something right off the bat. I struggled a little bit mm-hmm. until you gave me the idea. Um, so do you want me to start? Sure. Just go? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was in Romania, um, and we actually went to a monastery called... Um, did you look up how to say it? Because I don't remember how you pronounce the, it. Yes, yeah, Snagov. Snagov, okay. Monastery. Yep. Um, and this is the supposed resting place of Vlad the Impaler, who, if you don't know who that is, because I had no idea until we went on the trip, um, it's not confirmed, but a lot of people believe it is, um, and I'm going to forget the author's name. Uh, Bram Stoker. Yes. Uh, story of Dracula. Yes. Um, so Vlad the Impaler, Vladdy the Daddy, is uh, 
I'm Vladdy the Death Daddy. <laughs> he oh, was pretty brutal, um, but there is a, um, I guess, place in the floor. I'm trying to, like, how do I... I think it was a crypt. A crypt. Yeah. I'm going to dab my money in a crypt. Vladdy in the crypt. <laughs> so there's like a picture of him and kind of mm-hmm. you can see like yeah a casket kind of shape a rectangle mm-hmm. in the floor and yeah it's said to be where he was um, buried. Yep. But when they dug up, they did find human remains, but they also found like a mixture of um, like horse bones as well. Okay. So it's not confirmed. Some people think he died in Croatia and was buried over there. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows, but sure. that's kind of where. He's got yeah. like a memorial sure. for it. Um, so a little bit of history on Vlad. He was born in 1476. So this was a couple oh. of years ago. Um, and that was then called Transylvania. Yes. And now is like modern day Romania. Yes. Um, so he was the governor or the, they have a really fancy word um, called a voivodate. Uh, but it's like a governor or a prince okay. um, of Wallachia. And obviously, like I said, his kind of claim to fame was his cruel methods of murdering mm-hmm. um, people. Basically, anybody that he didn't like or anybody that was against him, he's... Yeah, he was... You're getting impaled. Mm-hmm. Hence the name Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Sure. <laughs> um, so he was the second of four brothers... Um, and he was born into a noble family. Um, his father was Vlad II Dracul. Um, and his father was inducted into the Order of the Dragon, which was a part Sounds of the... Badass. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. There was a lot of words that I couldn't pronounce, so I didn't add it. But there's mm-hmm. kind of a whole story on that like sure. section. Um, but for like me to easily you know, wrap my brain around it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, that was just uh, part of the defense from, um, it's like Christian Europe against the Ottoman Empire. Correct. Okay. I knew you'd correct me if I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he then later became the leader of the um, Wallachian Voivodate. And I will say I've heard, I've heard it pronounced the way you're saying it. I have also mm-hmm. heard it pronounced Wallachia. Okay. Like that region. So if we're saying it wrong, please let us know. But I've, I've heard a couple pronunciations. Okay. So. Yeah. So where I found it was the article that I had found had an option for it to be read out loud. Okay. And, that's and then it, it had the pronunciation. So sure. probably from where, wherever you're from, it could be said different. Yeah. I'm saying it how I saw it on there. But sure. if I'm wrong, tell me and then I'll go tell that, that article. to Get it right. Suck it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so back to OG daddy, Vladdy. Um, so Vladley Paler's dad um, kind of changed his position and started supporting the Ottoman policies, okay. and that really didn't go over well. Um, so the Ottoman Sultan Murad um, II mm-hmm. uh, basically steals Vlad the Impaler and his brother as collateral to assure the Sultan that he's going to stick to supporting the Ottoman like mm-hmm. policies. Sure, basically like you're kind of a traitor, so I'm taking your kids. Mm. So you stick to, like, what I'm telling you to do. Sure. Um, So that kind of went on for a little while. They ended up returning Vlad the Impaler and his brother in 1448 after they learned that OG Daddy the Vladdy uh, and his oldest brother of Mm -hmm. the four was assassinated by the um, 
Latian nobles. Okay. So they were done. Um, and this is kind of where Vlad gets his idea to start like a career to campaign and become like the leader, like his dad. Yeah. So he was like, he wanted the power. He's like, right? I want to run this bitch. He, yeah. <laughs> um, so he just started kind of taking out the nobles and even um, killed his younger brother to get there. Stone cold. Man. Um, and he was successful, but he only was successful for about two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he was kind of taken off. Yeah. The kind of main chair. Um, and then this is kind of where his um, bloody reign, I guess, started. Um, that he kind of killed a lot of people through an eight-year span. And that eight years is where he got his nickname, Vlad the Impaler. Sure. And I'll tell you kind of why. why. <laughs> um, so, like I said, he didn't care who you were. If you were against him, I mean, you're getting... You're getting shanked. You're getting impaled. Yes. Um, they're getting the stabby, stabby, hurdy, hurdy. You have to tell that story. Okay. There are... Celeste is really funny, as we know, but, like, she can make me belly laugh often, but there is one story. Like, if you ask me, what is the funniest thing... Celeste has ever said to you in your entire life. There's a couple, but the best one, and I was driving and it was unsafe. <laughs> um, we were driving and Papa Ghoul had gotten, was it his COVID shot? Yeah, and he. He'd got a shot, and like Papa Ghoul is. Dramatic. Dramatic is a good word. He kicked us out of Easter because he was tired. He's like, you gotta go home now. Jeff, like, I watched him like wilt <laughs> in the span of an hour into the couch, and he was finally like, you have to go home. So we left. <laughs> and I don't remember what... Oh. <laughs> Didn't he poke your mom's COVID arm, too? Yeah. She's he, like, started like, poking her, her arm. She got her shot. <laughs> and Celeste... Like, and it doesn't even sound funny now when I say it, but the way Celeste said it, it was like something about his arm. Like, oh, stabby, stabby, hurdy, hurdy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just hit my funny bone. Yeah. And I just absolutely cracked up. And I was driving. I know exactly where we were. It's in yeah. Mount Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And to this day, you will say that, and it's just now mm-hmm. we just call like shots if we get like a shot stabby, or stabby, something. Hurdy, it's hurdy. a stabby, stabby, hurdy, hurdy. Anyways, uh, so back to Vlad. Um, oh, also his name in Romanian is Vlad Tepes. So if you hear Vlad Tepes, if it's coming from more of like a Romanian origin, mm-hmm. like storyteller or article or whatever, you're going to see Vlad Tepes. Okay, but it means the exact same thing. Sure. Vlad the Impaler. Um, so then there was a battle in 1462 where basically he left thousands of his impaled victims in a field. Um, basically, if the Ottoman Empire was coming at them, they would just see like thousands of like impaled Maybe bodies and kind of twice about that. Correct. Sure. Um, that worked. I mean, for the most part, but he was almost captured by the Ottoman, but it was intercepted by Hungarian forces okay. and they snatched him and they imprisoned him for 14 years, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was in prison for 14 years. Um, and then pretty quickly after he was, um, released, he did regain a seat in 1476. Okay. Um, but basically during a battle with the Turks, um, in that same year, just North of now, uh, present day Bucharest, mm. Romania, he was, Killed. killed and decapitated. Okay. Um, so now we kind of talk about the um, tomb 
So that is at the um, Snagov Monastery, mm-hmm. right where his little tomb. Which we got, we went there. We got to see it. We did. Um, so basically, you walk. It's on an island, which I thought was pretty cool. So we walked down like a. It's like a footbridge. A pretty pretty long bridge. Yeah. Too um, on a little pretty little lake, um, and basically there's the monastery. There's like the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like the four steeples, I guess mm-hmm. you would call them. Um, it was very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monastery has been around forever. Um, archaeologists said that there's been people in that area around the monastery since 400 BC. Wow. So it's she old. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to think of a good way to explain kind of the like inside, like it is floor to ceiling. Ceiling included, painted. Yeah. Um, with pictures of like local princes mm-hmm. from like way back. So sure. I mean, it was just it was beautiful. Yeah. We'll have to put up some like pictures, pictures. of it. Um, but it was it was pretty cool. Um, so kind of one of the stories, and then why his crypt, I guess, is there. Um, they believe that the monks of the monastery found Vlad, and took his body and his decapitated head and buried him there. Um, but both him and his dad donated a lot of money mm-hmm. to that church and monastery. So okay. they think that they kind of like claim the rights to sure. him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was pretty, it was quiet. You kind of think of, you know, that place being like a kind of like a safe place. Mm-hmm. But it was said that um, the prince, lad, mm-hmm. would have people come in and like kneel in front of like the Virgin Mary and they didn't know that they were kneeling on like a trap door. Ooh. And then once they knelt down, whoosh, wow. door comes off. And where did they go? Down into a ditch of spikes. Wow. So they were impaled. And then often if they landed like on their neck, it would decapitate Ooh. their heads. Um, and they mm-hmm. did dig up um, human remains sure. and they were decapitated. So like that, that seems a lot of people true. yeah, said like that absolutely like happened. Ugh. Um, so yeah, he was, um, he was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but I think too, when we went and we had the Romanian, I don't remember his name, tour guide, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of hailed as like a hero, Mm -hmm. which you could take it either way. Um, well, I think at the time, if I had to make a guess now, I'm not an expert on any of that time period, but Mm -hmm. you know, I would think, yes, it was absolutely brutal. Um, don't, don't agree with any of that, but I think probably to the people he defended, he was probably seen as someone who was able to keep the Ottoman Turks at bay yeah. when they were taking over very large swaths of mm-hmm. Europe at that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, it was a cool place to see. It was really cool. I remember when we went to um, Russia and I know you are like a huge Russian history, like mm-hmm. nerd yeah. and the Romanovs and stuff. And I, I kind of kicked myself after we went on that trip and I didn't do enough, like, research into the history of, like, all the stuff we saw. Sure. Um, and I wish I had. So I'm glad that I'm glad that I studied Vlad yep. um, before and kind of had an idea of, like, what we were... Because we knew we were going to go on sure. that tour. Yep. Um, so always do your research, folks. Always do your research. Yeah. So that was, that was Vladdy the Daddy, Vlad the Impaler. That was a good one. Yeah. Nice. That was one of my favorite parts of the trip, too, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, too. And the other thing, too, that's quite cute, or not cute, but, like, it's a very peaceful place, Mm -hmm. um, but they also Mm -hmm. have 
uh, dogs. dogs. They like have a community of dogs who live on the island, mm-hmm. um, and they, I believe, I believe there are still monks that work there in are. that monastery. Yeah, because they had the little house that they lived in right yeah. next to it. And I mean, they care for the animals. They are very cute. They are very cute. So they were a nice. A nice added bonus. There was another cute dog in Serbia when we went Mm -hmm. to the archaeological dig dig site. That archaeological dig site was boring and we didn't enjoy it, but there was a really cute dog that like laid on his back and rubbed in the dirt and left his little belly rubbed. It was quite cute. Yes. All right. Were you ready for mine? I am. I feel like... Wait better. Lifted. Okay, good. Did great. Did great. Did great. Thank you. All right. Well, we obviously were in kind of the Romania area for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I'm going to go back to where we started the trip, which was Hungary. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily about Budapest, but about a notable and kind of infamous figure in Hungarian history. And we have talked about her before, mm-hmm. but it felt right to maybe dust that off and uh, do another look. Absolutely. Um, Can I just throw a little mm-hmm. bit of a Hungarian nugget out sure the um apparently budapest and i guess hungary i think altogether is like the paprika oh, center yeah, yeah. of the world and when i tell you i literally got like a baggie mm-hmm. tied together with like a rubber band of fresh paprika and it's delicious i'm going to be very sad when it is gone because wow. the taste is absolutely different and i absolutely That's love awesome. it awesome yeah i know when we go back we'll have to get a big <laughs> they had the huge bags <laughs> Man, why do you have a suitcase full of paprika? <laughs> because it's good. Because I need it. <laughs> I love paprika. I do too. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh. I had to throw that nugget out there. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for those that don't know, who I am talking about today is uh, Elizabeth Bathory, who we have talked about her before, but it, like I said, I think it kind of fits the theme. It's good to revisit. And I learned some things that I didn't know previously, so awesome. that's always good. Um, so I'm going to kind of go through the story as, you know, we kind of know it as the legend goes, and then we'll talk a little bit about maybe some other things that were going on that aren't as prevalent in the history. Okay. So um, to set the scene, uh, Elizabeth Bathory was born on August 7th, 1560, in, and I will preface that um, my Hungarian is non-existent, so I had to <laughs> Google a lot of these pronunciations, so my apologies okay. if they're not accurate, um, in Nierbator, or near, yeah, Nierbator, Hungary. Um, she was born into a very noble family, uh, and at age 11, which is kind of gross. She was betrothed to um, uh, someone named Count Ferenc uh, Nadasdi. Sorry again. Um, betrothed and married at 15, which at the time was normal. Ca- kind of normal, mm-hmm. but still a little icky. Um, and they married May 8th of 1575, and they had together five children. Um, unfortunately, only three of them survived to, uh, I think, past the infant stage. Um, so they had two daughters and one son that survived. Okay. So Nadazdi was, um, he was also, I think, of high stature himself. He was a commander for the Hungarian forces. So many of the times he was not home. He was off okay. fighting because, as you said, the Ottoman Turks have a huge part in Romanian and Hungarian history because they were trying to take over a lot mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. So he was off fighting them most of, you know, most of their marriage. Um, however, in 1604, he passed away. Um, and Elizabeth, that meant that she became basically the person who inherited all of his estate and how to, you know, to run, run, she was running the show at this point. Right. So that estate included what today is called, or I think it was called it then too, uh, Choctisa Castle. Again, so sorry. Um, and to put this into reference, it is about 50 miles northeast of Bratislava, which I believe is the capital of 
Slovakia. Okay. I could be wrong about that. So sorry if I am. <laughs> I always, um, in my head, think Slovenia or Slovakia. So I think it is Slovakia. Okay. Um, so she inherits all of this estate. Now it's up to her to keep you know everything going. Well, after her husband passed away, Elizabeth ended up being accused of committing um, a lot of acts of violence and torture against specifically women who were employed in her service. Now, at the time, um, because there was, a, you know, kind of a village where the castle was mm-hmm. with um, a lot of, you know, uh, lower, n- not lower nobility, but peasants, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to be employed in the castle was kind of seen as an honor. Big deal. And it was also money. And right. people needed money. So mm-hmm. a lot of the young women would go to join, you know, the service and go work in the castle. However, the problem is that a lot of them started disappearing. They would go. They wouldn't come home to visit. Um, you know, obviously parents became concerned and the question was, you know, what was happening to them in the castle? Well, a lot was happening to them in the castle and I will give a trigger warning here that um, some very not nice uh, ways of treating people are about to be mentioned. So things that she was said to have done included um, dowsing young women in honey in the summer and leaving them outside without clothes on uh, to let insects and animals basically attack them. Ooh. In the winter, she would have them take all their clothes off and jump into freezing water without giving them any way to warm up. So a lot of them died of hypothermia. Um, She was said to mutilate them in many different ways. And the article I read went into a lot more detail on that. So if that's something you want to read about, you can Google it and find it. But I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, And, you know, a lot of people have speculated there may have been a sexual um, motivation behind this, but... Really, no one could kind of figure out why she was doing these things. Um, Some have also suggested that her husband took part before his death in these acts of torture and that it was something that they did as a couple. So that's not great. So obviously these kind of were at the rumor stage, right? This was kind of floating around. A lot of uh, people basically said, you're not going to work in the castle because all these girls are going missing. Um, The kind of fucked up part about it, though, from what I read was at the time, like, killing a, a peasant was not really a crime. It was kind of frowned upon, but, like, it was not illegal, per se, for a noble person. Damn. Elizabeth fucked up when she started going after higher nobility women, women from higher families, mm-hmm. who would also start going missing. Again, fucked up a mm-hmm. And the problem with that was that, you know, obviously their families, much like the other families, were very concerned, but they also had the means to try to figure it out, try to figure out what was going mm-hmm. on. So, like I said, they, you know, as she started um, kind of hiring higher nobility women and they started going missing, this is when the real um, rumors and questions began to, you know, spread about what was actually going on in the castle. Yeah. Oof. Now, I will also kind of preface at this point that um, when you read about her, she will often see her referred to as the blood countess. Um, and there's also this kind of uh, rumor that she bathed in the blood of like young women to stay young. Um, from what I read, that really seems to be more of a myth than anything else. Like we know from the records, it seems like these really horrific acts of violence were occurring, but um, the blood thing kind of, I think, has been the result of like a fabrication of like her as a character, gotcha. not necessarily as a historical record. Imagine if her and Vladdy got together. Just Dang. Whoosh. Yeah, you're not wrong. Out of an interesting couple. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically at this point, as women continue to go missing, uh, people start asking more questions. And in 1610, 
King uh, Matthias II of Hungary orders an actual investigation into what's going on. King who? Matthias? Matthias? The what? The second? I feel like there was a connection to Vlad the Impaler with him. Okay. What year was this? 1610. Oh, no. No. Um, so, yeah, he orders the investigation. He hires some, a man named Count Turzo. Wait. Turzo? Time out. Okay. There is a connection. Okay. It just clicked in my head. Okay. That was Matthias II of Hungary. Matthias I of Hungary was the guy that captured oh. Vlad the Impaler. So that would line up. It did, because uh, I knew that clicked a button, but I remember reading that. Yeah, the guy, when he got captured by the Hungarian um, oh, forces, he was, was the one that imprisoned him for 14 years. Gotcha. So, so it's connection. all connected. Dang. Dang, indeed. So What Dad, a cool connection there. That is a cool one. We didn't even know that. Now we do. It just works out. So yes, um, starts this investigation into what's going on, and apparently... <laughs> From what I read, this isn't funny. He kind of rolls up to the castle to like start asking questions and walks right in, <clears throat> and she's in the middle of torturing a young woman. And he's like, "Well, sounds like we're on the right path. Like, <laughs> um, could you please not do that?" Got him. So very quickly, it becomes that there's some truth to what is swirling around, um, and he basically immediately had her locked up and said, "Like, we we gotta we figure this, this out." Yeah. yeah. So 1611 um, in January, the actual trial for this begins. Now, what's interesting is that Elizabeth was never put on trial because she was noble. So she never actually went on trial for her crimes. So just keep this in mind. Who went on trial were the servants in the house who were said to have participated in these acts. Um, So a lot of the servants said that they didn't actually commit, you know, the acts of torture, but they were ordered to dispose of bodies. Okay. Um, they also blamed primarily one of the servants named Darvulia, who is, I think, kind of thought of like a governess to Elizabeth while she was younger. Okay. Um, but she had actually died before the trial began, so they couldn't, you know, she couldn't testify or anything. Gotcha. Um, and most of the servants that testified who, you know, even admitted to being told to dispose of the bodies were immediately executed. Ooh. So, you know, I, it kind of pissed me off reading about this that she actually never went on trial. She was just kind of there. Um, but she went to jail. She was in prison. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, the witnesses also claimed that Bathory recorded the names of more than 650 victims Damn. in her records. But we'll talk about this, too. Um, the the validity of the witness statements was a very contested thing throughout this trial. So mm-hmm. we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, like I said, she actually never went on trial, but she was put on house arrest, essentially. Oh. So she... Okay. Now, this also is where the story varies. In some accounts, they literally, like, brick her ass up into her room, and that's where she, like, dies. Okay. Other accounts say that she literally just couldn't leave the castle, and she had a big-ass house to run around until she died. So it's hard to know what actually happened, but she died at the age of 54. Um, Her body was discovered in 1614, and it's thought it was initially buried in the family vault on the property, but clearly it has been moved, and it's unclear where it is now. So we don't know where she's actually buried. Um, I will say that a lot of the kind of blood countess, the bathing in blood, all of these kind of parts of the story most likely come from a retelling of the tale that was published in 1744 by a Hungarian uh, Jesuit priest. And this was a very, I think, I don't know if salacious is the right word, but like tantalizing retelling. Like they were, I think he was really trying to, to make it as like not entertaining, but you know, sensationalized, if I could, mm. like, think of the right way to say that. You said the word salacious, and it reminded me of... Okay, so during this year of hibernation, 
we got into Akatar, According oh. Thorns and Roses, and that whole series, which then turned into an absolute obsession of Caitlin reading smut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there was a series that I read by... Um, shit, what was her name? Something Kate. Something Kate. Sarah Kate. Yeah. And it's like a three-book series of smut, but the name of the, like... It's like a sex club. It's called the Salacious Players Club. <laughs> I'd never, like, n- I guess heard that word or knew what that word was until the book. And, and then you, you do just now. said it. And now, oh, I do. <laughs> so if you want dirty book recommendations, if you, you just let Caitlin know. She'll be happy to hook you <laughs> up. Smutty book talk. I found it on TikTok. It's just, like, nasty, nasty books. And I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> And if anyone's read Akatar, let us know, because we were absolutely, like, I've never been fucking, other than Harry Potter, like, been hooked into a series so hard. I was so sad when we finished the last books. Like, Akatar, uh, yeah. It was a ride. That was really good. I'm really glad that uh, most of our neighbors don't really speak English, because <laughs> I listen, on, like, to an audiobook. I don't sit and read a book. Yeah. So I'm, like, cleaning the house, cooking, doing whatever. <laughs> it's just, like... Smut. Smut. And I'm, like... Hmm, I wonder what our neighbors think. <laughs> they don't know what I'm saying. It's fine. I've walked into some questionable things being read aloud. I could never be a dirty book narrator. I think I would. I think I would be a decent narrator. Yeah. Like an audio. If y'all want an audio book, let me know. <laughs> um, but I don't think I could read smut. I would just you be just, laughing. I mean, you giggle all the time. I'm like, stop laughing. This is this is important stuff. Listen. <laughs> so let's just get home from work, and it's just nastiness and just like welcome home <laughs> all sorts of dirtiness and I'm like I would just like to be home <laughs> you're gonna have to listen to the rest of this chapter babe hold on <laughs> very fair so yes let Caitlin know if you want some dirty book wrecks she can give them to you I, I've got plenty okay all right sorry continue no, it's okay well now that we, we now we know what salacious means it's your SAT word of the day all right um <laughs> So that is kind of the basic story of Elizabeth Bathory. Now, some interesting things to keep in mind. Um, now, I, I put the title of the section of did she actually do it? And I realized that was a stupid thing to call it because she, she absolutely did mm-hmm. commit really heinous acts of torture. So I'm not at all trying to defend her. Yeah. It is interesting to consider the other factors that went into this. Um, for example, 250 of the 289 witness statements were considered hearsay or didn't have actually verifiable info. A lot of this was given secondhand. Okay. So it's really hard to know what actually happened. Um, also, the 650 victims that we noted have never were basically, they, it was a secondhand account. The person who supposedly had seen these records never testified they were either deceased by then or for whatever reason weren't questioned okay. so it's a lot of this is very loose um another thing is that uh, a lot of the servant statements could be considered um unreliable because a lot of them were tortured to provide statements to, yeah. which is kind of ironic given that this is a case about torture right you're now torturing people to make them give a statement yeah a little ass back a little, a little bit so a little so, salacious yeah a little, <laughs> i don't think that's the right way oh. to use it. <laughs> Another thing, um, and this is what was new to me, and I found this really interesting. There were a lot of external factors that went into this case, too. For example, um, Bathory's son-in-laws, I think, knew that they would inherit a lot of her possessions if she was arrested. And they were told that she would be arrested beforehand. So this was not surprising to them. Mm. And they did. Once she was arrested, they took control of a lot of her assets and made a lot of money. So the question is, was that on purpose or, you know, 
Um, the other thing is that the Habsburg court, which was a big, uh, powerful family during this time, apparently owed Bathory a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to pay it. However, if she was arrested, they wouldn't have to pay it. So there's kind of some outside motivations. The other thing is that she supported uh, Prince Bathory of Transylvania, who I believe was her nephew, and that person had a very big conflict with the Habsburg family. Okay. So, um, you know, it's hard to say. Do I think she actually tortured a lot of women and killed them? Yes. And that's obviously very, very wrong. Mm -hmm. However, I also think there were some other things that people stand to make some gains if she was arrested. So I think it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, But we do know that the torture most likely happened because in 1602, a priest who witnessed a lot of these acts wrote a letter who detailed um, Bathory's, you know, behavior towards her staff. So we we do have a firsthand account that the torture was occurring. Um, I think it's just sad that it took, you know, noble women dying that really ended that for her, not the death of a lot of innocent people. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, today, uh, if you can actually see the castle, it is still, it's in ruins, but it is still standing. Um, And there's actually an exhibition on Bathory's life in the Dracovich, Dracovich Mansion, which is in that same uh, near Bator okay. uh, town. I think you can go there and see that. Um, interesting to note as well, when I was reading about her, is that she suffered a lot of health problems in her life, okay. um, including from a very young age, uh, epileptic seizures, severe migraines, and like significant mood swings. Mm. Which kind of made me think about, you know, how today, like when we talk about like serial killers and um, there's a lot of thought that the um, amygdala of your brain, um, excuse me, for those that don't know, the amygdala is a small part of your brain that helps with emotion regulation. It attaches emotion to action, right? Um, There's a thought that a lot of people who commit very serious acts of violence, murders, what have you, have a significantly smaller amygdala than like a normal person that does not kill people or hurt yeah. them does. So the thought that it is something to do perhaps with brain anatomy that contributes. Mm-hmm. So I found it interesting that, you know, she had a lot of, um, it sounds like she could have had something going on with yeah. her brain um, if she was having seizures. Now, I'm not saying that anyone that has a seizure is going to be a serial killer. That is absolutely <laughs> not what I'm saying. I am saying it is interesting. Yeah. For sure. The other thing is that she was exposed to violence at an incredibly young age. I think when she was 10 or 11, her family said, what's a good thing to do this weekend? Oh, there's going to be a public execution in the square. Let's go get front row seats for that. So she witnessed a lot of violence from a young age. And I also think that probably had a significant impact on her life as an adult. Sure. But again, not excusing it. It's pretty nasty. Um, Yeah. And I wish she could have gone on trial and been charged formally for that. Yeah. But that is Elizabeth Bathory. Good one. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. That was. That was. I know we've talked about her a little bit, but that mm-hmm. was a, that was a good... Yeah. I never knew about the external stuff that was kind of happening. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to, to consider. Nice. Yeah. And I'm actually shocked. We... I did not think we were going to get to an hour. No, I didn't either. Well, we talked quite a bit at the we beginning. Did. So that was good. But no... That was a good um, topic. I think that was a good uh, welcome back mm-hmm. episode. Just get kind of, just dabble our little toes in the water here. and I agree. Get back into it. And also, <laughs> I it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I went and uh, checked our reviews on iTunes because I don't check them all the time. I don't, you know, yeah. really care to 
get drawn up in it, but someone left a review, and I'm not mad because I want you to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> someone said, I think it was like, great show, but could Celeste not interrupt Caitlin so much? <laughs> So I am, I'm publicly saying, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And I tried to be really good about that. I did not notice you interrupting me, but noted. And nobody wants to hear my voice. They're really here for you. No, no, they're not. No. um, That was funny. It was, you know, it's funny reading our reviews. It's funny, you know, reading your messages. I, I say it all the time, but like you said, I think we really have met so many people yeah, that we never would have met without the show. So no, we miss y'all. We hope to do more on like Instagram. Yeah, send your listener stories in. We'd love to read them. And maybe we'll think of some other fun things to do. I don't know. Like people do like live stuff on Instagram. Like we could mm-hmm. have a live event if y'all wanted. That would be fun. We're in Europe, so we're gonna have to make it. The timing may get a little <laughs> funky for America, but yeah, like you know, we we want to be more involved, obviously, and sure. um, we want you to tell us what you would like to see as well. Yeah. Mishka says, I'm back, but I'm sleeping, so... Mishka says, the show is about me. Maybe next week I will make an appearance, but right now, no. Maybe. <laughs> I've got air conditioning. <laughs> Call my agent. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to wrap her up? I think so. Okay. Do you want to do the wrap-up or you don't? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm just seeing. <laughs> you can come visit me on Facebook, yep. um, Ghoul Friends Podcast. Yep. I need to be a little more active now on that. I know I got to do the same. You can find us as always on Instagram at Bull Friends Podcast. I'm trying to like blow the cobwebs off of the Instagram <laughs> account. Um, so yeah, email. S- yep. If you have a listener story, if you want to email us, please do that at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we do have a TikTok, which we haven't posted on in like a million years, but if you'd like to go check that out, that's at Ghoul Friends Podcast. And I think that's it. Do we have any more? Merch. We do have merch, um, and I'm trying to remember the website where the merch lives. We can find that next time. <laughs> Nobody bought merch anyway. <laughs> I think it's ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com. How the hell did you remember that? I have a very good I think memory. you're right. I think you're right. Well, yeah. go look. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. <laughs> we'll figure it out before next week. <laughs> That's fine. We'll, we'll get our shit together. We, <laughs> no, we won't. No, we probably won't, but whatever. All right. Well, we're happy to be back. Yes. We hope to talk to you soon. Yes. As always, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your ghoul friends. Chicken tetrazzini. They're not even going to get that. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs)